0: on today's episode of Life Embodied.
1: If you keep on doing what you're doing right now, can you perform it for me? Could you please, as a character, can you like jump 30 years ahead and show me how you're going to walk and talk to your kids or to the people around you, how your spine will look like? Can we make that kind of future prediction? Can you embody it? Can you show it to me? Can you perform it for me? Mm -hmm. And people come up with really interesting interpretations of how they will be in a future. And then they say, oh my God, I do not want to become that. I would rather imagine I I would be someone else. And so there are plenty of different creative ways within which we can empower people to kind of find uh, find their own way to approach life more creatively, artfully. It must be artful and sensitive and less in control, because things can arrange themselves by themselves rather than us always knowing what we are going to do and what will be the results of what we are doing.
0: Welcome to Life Embodied, where we explore how an embodiment practice can support us in meeting the challenges of life. How can we surf the waves of life deeply anchored in the safety of our bodies How can we learn to trust our capacity to be with intense sensations and emotions? How can we cultivate body awareness and why does it matter? Episodes include interviews with experts and practitioners that bring their knowledge and passion and share practical tips for your everyday life. I am your host, Katharina Eif. Thank you for joining us and enjoy the conversation. Welcome, dear listeners, to today's episode. Before we start, I want to tell you something. Because I have been developing an online course. It's going to take place from mid November through to mid December. It is in German, so this is an offer for the German speaking people among you. And it is called Compass and is about learning your body's language and learning to understand symptoms or make sense of symptoms. So, if you have pain, tension, sensations that are unpleasant, that you have the idea that your body might want to tell you something with it, and that it's stress related and it changes, but it's difficult to make sense of it, then you are really warmly invited to check it out and to take part. And you can find this on my website, which is katarinaalf.de. And then the workshop you find on slash compass, or click on workshops and then on compass. That's it. This is my little invitation. And now let's dive into the episode. My guest today is Joseph Fruczek. Joseph is an artist, dancer, choreographer, and movement researcher and trainer. In the embodiment and movement scene, he is best known for the fighting monkey practice that he founded together with his partner, Linda Kapitanea. He graduated from the Academy of Music and Theatre in Bratislava, completing his PhD thesis with the title Voice Technique, Breath and Movement. Joseph teaches at different universities and gives workshops all over the world. Okay. Yeah. Welcome to the show, Joseph. Thank you so much, Katarina. It's really nice to meet You. you. Very nice meeting you, too. And the very first question that I always ask my guests in the beginning is what is it like being your body? What is the physical experience of being you? Maybe specifically today, maybe also in general.
1: Was it? How, how does it feel to be me, mm-hmm. or my, being in my body? Well, yeah. uh, you know, uh, I now it's maybe now it's almost yes. Now it's thirty years when I started to practice with um, one of the masters that I visited for so many years. So yes, now it's thirty years, and this one master that I uh, was working with and gave me permission to teach after fifteen years, he said. Um, uh, he, once I was in discussion with him and. I said to him, "Look, I'm troubled because people always ask me about the travel of the energy. You know how the travel energy travels there, and I feel this, I feel that." And I said to him, "Look, I don't feel anything," and I, and I start to feel guilty about it. You know, like everyone can express how the how there is this uh, there is this kinetic chain, there is this flow here, that flow there, the vo- bu- bu- the water is bubbling. And, uh, and I say, I, I can't really tell how things are traveling. Not that I would be insensitive to my body, but that I, I would not in particular kind of could express those very specific descriptions. And he says, don't worry about it, because if energy flows, you do not feel your body. It is only when energy does not flow that you start to feel it. And so when, when I'm feeling good, when I feel... Uh, when I feel somehow in harmony with whatever i do or whatever challenges i need to overcome then i do not feel my body so much it feels like everything nicely goes with me i am taking myself with myself but when there is an hindrance if there is a conflict that i do not know yet how to resolve or do not know how to take a particular angle then i start to feel my body Mm. so Today I do not feel my body because I feel like I, I feel attuned and I feel happy that I'm meeting you here. So uh-huh. and everything went smooth. I managed to take my kids to the school on time, which mm-hmm. is a great success. This is <laughs> I can give myself a golden medal for achieving my <laughs> achieving my most important task of a day.
0: Uh-huh. Well, that's a really interesting answer. Because I I um I mean, I also talk a lot about flow and I talk about how energies travel in the body or for me, that is is the approach to trying to explain how sensations feel. Like maybe we could say it feels like energy is flowing because in the end, who knows what's actually happening. (laughs) Um, And I think that many people cannot really relate to this description and they feel like, I don't feel anything moving. Like, I don't, I don't relate to this. Mm. I something wrong. And so I think it's really interesting that you say that you don't describe it this way. Or that, yeah, that even if you're in a good state, you don't notice your body so much in a way.
1: No. Of course, you know, that uh, feeling is an expression of uh, uh, energy cost. That means that if your predictions are not being met right then your body is letting you know something is in a mismatch of how you predicted the world what is your hypothesis of the world and what there actually is so your body is letting you know basically about the cost of that particular activity or kind of maybe a mismatch of what you believe that you can do and what there actually is available so when but of course when i say i don't feel my body i am paying a great amount of time Um, paying attention to how I feel and how things are evolving, how my physiological states are evolving. But I um, engage in kind of proactive, maybe uh, sampling of my internal states. So I would like to know, I would like to predict that if I keep on doing what I'm doing, how things will evolve for me in the future.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, so that would mean that Symptoms or specific sensations are already, yeah, are uh, are the feedback of the body that something is different than we predicted or anticipated.
1: Yes, yes, of
0: course. We expect
1: to stay in homeostasis, right? So we expect Mm. to stay within the a very narrow range of viability, and we need to understand that homeostasis is a active state. And if we say that homeostasis is in an active state, it means it, it means it is like a carrying or keeping the ball on top of the mountain. And so if it goes on the slope and we react too late, then it will take us much more energy to keep us in homeostasis, to keep us in balance and that could be expressed as a certain feeling or that could be expressed in, as a small injury or that could be expressed as a, as a big injury maybe if the if the homeostatic this kind of sphere that is on top of the mountain falls too far away from the from the optimal uh, optimal range and <clears throat> and so we need to always ask ourselves then how much how much it costs us to stay in homeostasis mhm if it costs us too much, then probably we are not doing something right in our lives.
0: Ha! Mm-hmm. Ah, we're already, I feel like very deep into things and uh, I'm, I can feel my excitement like ooh, <laughs> going up. It's really, really interesting. Um, and I think before we dive into even deeper into this, I would like to take a step back to take the listeners with us where we're headed and maybe we can maybe we can start more in the beginning of the way I understand your work so far is that you really use physical training as a way to improve our whole way of being like not only our physical being but all the other layers of thinking, creativity, facing challenges in in general in life.
1: If I would compress um, the entire practice maybe into a few sentences, that's how I explain it to my students, I would say, okay, we we need to really learn only two things in life, right? To love life. Loving life is the the most important thing, means that you are not repetitive, you are not habitual, that you can really enjoy life, right? So loving life is one thing. And second thing that we need to learn is how to solve life challenges. If we are inspired, if we are engaged, if we embrace life, and if we are capable of solving life challenges, then we know all. So I said, wow, these two sentences quite clearly embrace anything and everything that we want to do in our practice. But then I said, okay... um, It seems like loving life is always interrupted with these challenges or problems we need to face in life. So I needed to combine these two sentences. So I said, okay, how we can be enjoying or loving to solve life challenges. So how we can be smiling and sounding well when we are solving the problems? because it seems like Mm -hmm. every day we meet the challenges that we need to solve. And the answer to it is basically, the whole practice could be then answered, or these two questions of how to solve life challenges with love would be the quest for better communication so it means if we are engaged in communication if we are engaged in a dialogue then we most likely gonna solve the challenges that we are meeting and the challenges that need to be overcome
0: mm-hmm. what what do you what do you mean with communi- communication in this context
1: communication when you look at the, any biological system any any system that is alive right then um, Let's not go too deep into a biology, but let's say in order to stay alive, you need to be separated from the external environment from which you have arised. So you have a certain identity, maybe a cell, cell has a certain membrane, we have a certain skin or it doesn't matter, but we are separated from the environment in order to preserve ourselves. And we need to communicate via that membrane, right? So there has to be a life communication. And if that communication stops, then the life stops. And so if we would really express, in essence, what we are all doing in order to maintain ourselves, in order to be viable, in, in order to be alive, we need to communicate. As soon as that communication stops, as soon as we assume we know, as soon as we start mm-hmm. to play one script only, or as soon as we only say monologue that we have wrote as our belief about what the world is, then there might be more and more conflict between us and the environment that we are part of and from which we have been born or arised from.
0: Mm-hmm. So this, so all of these things you explore in your physical practice, yes. through physical right. exercises?
1: Yes, not only for physical exercise as well. Um, um, I mean, in everything, body is involved in everything. So everything is kind of physical, right? You cannot think without being kind of physically active. There are there are a lot of processes happening while we are thinking. So, um, well, uh, you know, um, if if you look at uh, if if you look at it, uh, really in the basics, what uh, how how I structure it, and I and I always I'm a little hesitant to uh, kind of go too much in depth because I don't I do not want that it stays somewhere in the air because you know the things should be evolving in a in a space we have to be practicing together. Yeah. But we could divide our practice into kind of two basic elements that are uh, that are complementary. And uh, uh, you know our brain is. Uh, taking in sensory information from within our bodies, right, like interoception, and then it takes the sensory input from external space, right. And I am very much interested in going more in a depth in what interoception means. How I can proactively looking at myself, seeing what's the effect of my communication on my physiology, and from that understanding, then readjust my behavior in the world. I simulate. Whatever I need to deal with. So, for example, I need to deal with I need to meet sure. Katharina, I need to I need to meet you somewhere, and I need to express to you or share with you my artistic project, let's say. So I simulate that world first in my head, then I can maybe create a small model on my table. Uh, You know, I can imagine, okay, I will meet Katarina in a coffee place, or no, 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 not in coffee place, I will meet her in a restaurant. No, in a restaurant, no, because that might take too long time. If things, they go wrong, we will have to stay there for long. So maybe I meet her for a coffee. Which coffee I meet her? I meet her in this beautiful coffee next to the park, because if something goes wrong, then we can go for a walk. And then I will say, okay, okay, wait a minute, should I come earlier or should I come a little bit late? And so I make these simulations and then I can maybe simulate it, like we do in fighting monkey practice, then we simulate it in a space. So we basically recreate the reality. And that would mean in sport that basketball players, when they work with us, we simulate the difficulties they had in the last match or last season. When there is a boxer, then we simulate a boxing match and we create the games that would allow them to become better in what they want to do. Maybe you are a business owner and so we say, okay, what is the, what is the information that is missing from you achieving a good communication with, within your company or with the world? Can we simulate that world and can we simulate different possible futures? And so, this is this kind of creative act on how we can be selecting the most useful strategies for our future actions. And once we select the strategy that we believe is the best, then how we adjust it, how we attune it as we run it through in a real life. So, in this way, I believe that what we do is greatly universal and helpful to people from many different, um, uh, many different. Um, disciplines or many different domains of, of life because I wasn't interested in doing something that would be useful only for one thing. I would, I wanted to find out practice that would be useful to people in many different contexts, in many
0: different situations.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So you would not only approach physical questions with this, like the the question the basketball player might have or the martial artist might have, but you would also... Approach problems like the, like the coffee, situ- the coffee date. <laughs> of course, also a coffee date. Uh, look, we are, uh, we are,
1: we are, we are, we um, are facing a lot of different. Um, we need to solve a lot of different questions in in our life, and it is not only maybe how you can become the best athlete, or, but maybe how you can become the best you. Uh, I mean, not maybe the best you. How you can manage your life in a, in a more playful and more more maybe more creative way. And maybe this is what we are questioning. And the question should start, Katarina, from one thing and that one thing is, what is missing? Or what is the, error, what are the errors that we are creating in our life? And how we can overcome, how we can like um, minimize that mismatch between what we believe the world should be and what there actually is. That should be the guiding principle, not that I'm sitting here and I'm creating some kind of yoga or some kind of tai chi or some kind of method that I believe is best for the people. No, imagine that this is a platform. This is a creative platform on which we are trying to solve whatever needs to be solved. So let's say you are maybe an amazing athlete but maybe you have problem with communicating people in a cafe. So then we're gonna work on the cafe and not on your athletic performance. Maybe you mm-hmm. have a problem with injuries. You have maybe repeated injury in the knees. And so we are going to study, we locate, we locate you, what is your context, what is your age, what do you want, how much you want it. Maybe you want it too much. And so you have a problem in the knees and say, okay, can we organize your rhythm? Maybe mm-hmm. that's the task. Rhythm is the, is the most important medicine in our life. right? How much we do, we do maybe too much, or we know everything, but we always say it in the wrong place and the wrong time. How many times this happens in our life, that we are so knowledgeable but we didn't say it when it's supposed to happen we always said it later or we didn't say then we do not know why and so all these different questions can come into the practice and then we are trying to solve them so this is a this is a platform on which we are learning how to be creative about engaging ourselves with life and creating more opportunities for ourselves rather than diminishing the
0: opportunities mm-hmm so it, it sounds like the the correct diagnosis is super important like the, the like this question of what is missing or what yes. are we missing here is is like the answer to this might already provide part of the solution right of
1: course once we are if we are able to identify
0: where is
1: the hindrance and maybe for what reason then half of the problem is already solved but many times we even do not n- know how to ask the question and so yeah. mm, i would consider it when when we when we are in this creative platform when we are practicing i would consider it as a as a theater so it is an empty black space or empty white space like when you saw in a uh, movie matrix you know matrix movie they had also this this, mm-hmm. this white, white space, and they could put anything into it. Of course, I don't want to mm-hmm. put guns there, but I want to put there anything that I need to conceptualize about or anything that I need to twist and turn and look from different points of view. So I believe that what what what's so interesting about the what is for me interesting and what is so inspiring and why I'm doing it for so many years is that I did not define for myself myself uh, this is for what that practice is. I mean, it will make you better there or it will make you better I'm not interested in what it will make you better. I'm interested in, can you be a creative person? Can you be a person that can smile more often? Can you be a person that enjoys the interaction with the world in some way or another? So it is like a theater, and we put into that theater whatever we believe would help us to solve the obstacles that we have or maybe enjoy even more what we are working on.
0: How do you come to a place of asking the right questions? When you're presented with a problem, when someone comes to you and they present a problem, how do you, how do you find the right questions to ask?
1: If someone has certain, a particular question or a certain particular problem, I am not dwelling in them. What, what I do, I play with those people. In a different ways, so I put them in a different situations and they will reveal by the way they act in the world what's actually the deal, what is, what is mm-hmm. actually the, the mm-hmm. hindrance. So, mm-hmm. because when you ask questions verbally, usually the mind, and the monkey mind, is so smart and intelligence will twist things in a million different ways, but it will not reveal the truth. The truth comes from the way we act in the world. And so I present sometimes to people a task that is impossible to solve, but they do not know. So we play a game. I, I set the rules in that game, and I say something that is not possible to solve. And then I observe who will quit the earliest. So someone will quit immediately. I cannot solve this, you know. And some people are looking always for a new solutions and I never discouraged. Or you... Oh, 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 I mean, you can create a different various playful situations within which they tell you more about themselves than if you would be talking to them. Mm -hmm. And so through that way, through that playful way, we learn about each other. But I'm not only learning about them, they also learn about me because I'm playing with them in some way or another, right? Um, Yeah. Yeah. Because for example, you have problem with your knees and okay, I take a practice ball, which is the, everyone knows probably who' seen a little bit of our videos, but we have many other small tools and, and, and games and, okay. uh, But let's say you have a practice ball. so we have a ball on the string and they came maybe with the problems with the knees. and so you you kind of ask them a question, can you follow with your eyes the practice ball? Can you stay in one leg and, and follow it and maybe touch it? Can you look around the ball while it's moving? And through that, Different forms of explorations, the body will reveal on its own where the trouble is. Is it coordination? Is it rhythm? It is always the vantage point that we take when we are looking at the world. Do we always want to look at one particular way, in one particular way, uh, um, uh, at the world? Or are we more open by nature? And so through the games, we reveal and then. As we are revealing better who we are and we better understanding who we are, then we are not necessarily asking for correction. We just say, perfect, you have what you have, and that's perfect. Can we just only expand the world a little bit? Let's appreciate your past, whatever that past was and whatever, blah, 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 but can you, Mm -hmm. do you think, are you willing to learn? If you're willing to learn, you're very viable. So Mm -hmm. for me, viability is or I, I don't. I don't. I do not ever judge anyone by who they are or what they've done. Or I am only interested if, you are, if they are willing and capable of learning. If they can learn, they are very viable. Means that an endless transformation, or maybe not endless, but an, and a great amount of transformation is possible. Mm-hmm. And that will show me how much energy you have, how much mm-hmm. energy surplus you have to re-engage with the world and maybe find new colors by which you can communicate with the others
0: Mm -hmm. (sighs) yeah it's really it's really rich what you share i just want to want to take a moment to to really hear you and not jump to the next thing Mm. yeah because yeah what you just said about the about the ability to learn as like the in a way the only thing that really matters like the oh, the yeah. i i i i would really agree with this i think because i'm i'm mostly working one on one with people in in somatic therapy and i would say yeah this is the most important thing if someone is really willing to learn if someone doesn't come with an attitude of I'm broken, maybe you can fix me, but I don't really believe in anything or, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of these disempowering beliefs or positions or yeah, if they if they just want to complain, which is fine. There are moments in life where we just wish to complain Mm -hmm. for a while. And that's absolutely valid. But when I ask myself, what does it need for change to happen? What are really the important ingredients for change to happen is that someone is willing to learn and mm. eager to learn. And then sometimes things change so quickly.
1: Mm. And mostly by, that, by itself, right? We always yeah. have some kind of everyone is everyone is selling some kind of magic pill, a magic method, magic magic way to help the others, but really the, there is nothing magic that could be prescribed to the great diversity of people and situations that we meet. And it's usually yeah. our role is only to empower the person or empower the agency of that particular person that comes to see us, how they can create a decision and uh, maybe open up the door again. And as you rightly said, or what have you beautifully said, sometimes people want to complain maybe they do not complain enough maybe they have to maybe when they come and they complain we have to complain a lot we have to take it as a, as, a, as a beautiful theater piece. Listen, you are complaining, but not enough. You need to complain much more until it's exhausted itself, you know, because we uh-huh. kind of complain, but we feel that we should not complain. So we complain half, and that half is not fulfilled. So maybe you should say, please complain, and let's complain for one and a half hour until you get tired yourself of, of <laughs> complaining. And these are these creative situations. These are these kind of theater pieces that we, I know that theater has maybe some negative connotation to some People because they think the theater is fake. Okay, let's call it differently. We explore, and the narratives we explore the potential of what people bring to us. So, if you're complaining, or if you let's let's just explore that, uh, that complainment. and also try to imagine, try to imagine that if you complain in this way, how how this kind of attitude will evolve, how you, how you will look thirty years later can you show me how you will be walking when you're 80 years old if you keep on doing what you're doing right now can you perform it for me could you please as a character can you like jump 30 years ahead and show me how you're going to walk and talk to your kids or to the people around you, how your spine will look like. Can we make that kind of future prediction? Can you embody it? Can you show it to me? Can you perform it for me? Mm-hmm. And people come up with really interesting interpretations of how they will be in a future. And then they say, oh, my God, I do not want to become that. I would rather imagine I would be someone else. And so there are plenty of different creative ways within which we can empower people to kind of find their, own, uh, find their own way to approach life more creatively, artfully. It must be artful and sensitive and less in control because things can arrange themselves by themselves rather than us always knowing what we are going to do and what will be the results of what we are doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I love the theatrical aspect that you share. It's really—I I used to be an actress in my first profession, so I can really yeah. relate to the to the so- performance of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's—I—I I, I also agree to what you say that that usually change happen by itself, or that it's not—it's not, it's not some—it's not magic that the magician does to someone else. It's the very normal magic that happens within ourselves. Yeah. But I think what we as practitioners do is to point the attention of people to, for example, what is missing, what they are yes. missing. And I think this is what we all crave so much when we go to someone looking for inspiration, for help, sure. for healing, for whatever, so that someone points our attention to the thing we are missing. Yeah. like. I clearly I'm doing something wrong and if I knew what I was doing wrong I might change it but somehow I cannot figure this out on my own and I think this is something everybody experiences like we never we never see the full picture this is the this is the beauty in a way right we need each other to see more.
1: And of course through through playing and dialogue and through through uh, different scripts or uh, creating scripts, being part of creative process, we understand so much about ourselves. But uh, you know I I kind of realized that we haven't been or many people haven't have an opportunity haven't had an opportunity to be part of creative process, creating something that would be their unique expression. I realized that this is what I consider as a movement practitioner and, that I had that opportunity as a kid, not only to be an athlete, but also being part of a, uh, being part of a art. And art allowed me to understand that I can create a world that never existed before. I can just, I do not have to take the world as it is or how is it presented to me, but I can use the bits and pieces of what is available to me and create another world out of it, like a sculptor like a performing artist, like a director, or I can even invent entirely the new world. And and this is not a form of escape, of course, but this is a form of expansion of how we can be looking at the things that surround us, that we do not have to always take the world as it is, but we can improve our position in the world, which is very, very important. When when people have a problem in the lower back, I used to say that's a problem of relation. It's a problem of how you or insen- insensitivity on how you can improve your position in the world. My father gave me very, very good lesson very early in my age when I was working with him in a village and in the mountains and working with the wood and building up the house. and I, I was working quite a lot and he said, first clean underneath your feet and then position yourself well to the work. When I didn't position myself well to the work, I always had a bloody blisters on my hands. he It's not about how much power you put in that work, but how you clean underneath your feet so you understand you can position yourself and then find a good distance towards the, towards, the, uh, towards the work that you're doing and speculate by which angle the material will give up. Right When you're cutting the woods or when you're chopping the stone, the stone has a certain sound, the, the wood has a certain sound, turn it around and look at it how you would be chopping it how you would be positioning yourself towards the world. The very viable, very important lessons that uh, I, I was maybe lucky enough to meet people that are always feeding me or I was a good listener. I, I, I always wanted to hear these stories. These stories were so vitalizing for me. And my father, I was now visiting my father again. We were looking at because he has the bees and he's making honey and uh, he's constantly in the mountains and... And he said to me that I was hungry for stories. When he said a story or someone said a story, I always sat with open mouth, and I always said again, "Say it again." <laughs> so I was like a, a, a storytelling absorber. I could absorb anyone's stories, and, and he says that, that was that. He said I was never worried about you because you could play with a string, like a, I could play with a shoelace for hours, and I would be. Very, very good listener. He said. So he said, "I know that this guy is gonna be okay in his life."
0: <laughs> That's beautiful. Mm. Mm. Can you can you share more about what you what you mentioned there? Um, like, I mean, I I know lower back issues very well. Like, this is how I came to the whole somatic work because I I was in a lot of pain, and. And I discovered so many relevant things about it, and it changed so much. And still, it comes back sometimes as if to, I don't know, to keep me alert. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you just mentioned, like, yeah, people with lower back issues. And I don't know if, if this was just like a, a random example or, or if... Look, uh, people
1: come with, or people are usually having trouble with the knees, which is not understandable mm. to me. Uh, I mean, it is understandable. <laughs> I just try to say, say it in a kind of philosophical way. Uh, yeah. and we should not have problem with knees because knees, mm. the largest joint in our body, was evolving for at least 7 million years from the older apes to newer apes. Um, so we should... And it's a beautiful architecture. It's, it's incredible. A lower back is extremely powerful, well-positioned. The problem is that we are not dancing well with our bodies. We are carrying ourselves through our life. We try to be in control, Mm -hmm. we try to hold, and as soon as you hold, you are in trouble. And so problem with the knees, problem with the lower back, problem with the shoulders or or, uh, later on hips and hip replacements and knee surgeries, this is all due to, and not all. I mean, if you have a car accident, Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, I would say, okay, if we say this chronic pain because of the, it's a misusage, yeah. we misuse and abuse our bodies because we are insensitive towards our capacity to play with the gravity and play with the forces they act on us. We miss the rhythm and coordination. We are the society where we stop to dance, we stop to sing, we, we stop to dance with other people. And, and so we arrived to, to arrive to a big trouble and just because of that fact that you do not dance now don't I, I, I can imagine what's going on in the head of people you know you a dance a ballet or a dance a contemporary <laughs> dance or break dancing you know dance I mean dancing with the gravity dancing with the force of order dancing with the environment yeah. that is changing. And dancing and vibrating and singing means vibrating, having a good sound, sounding well mm-hmm. in ourselves. And since mm-hmm. we are not doing that very much, there is a lot of holding and holding that just basically destroys, demolish our our bodies. The funny thing is that, you know, I also had a, I had a big issue with lower back. I hurt my lower back very badly when I was seventeen, and I I, I think it never really left. In my body. It's not like I don't have chronic pain. I don't have a pain in my lower back. I, I have strong uh, lower back, but I know that the damage was there once. So the, the the body always reminds you, and it's good that it reminds us. It's a good memory. I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I I I met beautiful people from, for example, freestyle wrestling, and I realized, wow, these people have healthy backs. They don't have as much herniations as, for example, people that would be laying on the ground doing maybe a jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. These people stand on their feet. They do different arches. They do a lot of crazy stuff. They have beautiful, strong spine. And I said, wow, how could I learn from them also to make my spine stronger. And what I learned the most from them is that they they make themselves strong through dialogue with the body, another body, which means they try to wrestle someone down who is not willing to be wrestled down. And so you constantly look for a gentle readjustment to how your partner responds to your intentions. And you also try to avoid someone Else to throw you down or wrestle you down, and this is the most ancient, the most important practice that we all should be doing. Because Africans have been wrestling, Mongolians been wrestling, people from Iran been wrestling, the Russians been wrestling. We've been uh, Greeks. We've been wrestling all the time, but somehow this became only a sport, right? So this is only for the strongest guys and and girls and. That I think we all should kind of wrestle with each other, maybe more like a dancing wrestling or maybe really like a fighting wrestling, player, but hugging each other. You know, all the physio yeah. work is basically art of hugging. And now, <laughs> uh, uh, can you hug, can you embrace, can you feel someone through hug? And then it can be taken into all physio line or it can be then taken into martial art, judo, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, uh, wrestling, sambo, freestyle wrestling, etc, etc. But, but the base is the same.
0: Mm-hmm. Embrace,
1: get in close touch with someone and feel them. Try to understand mm-hmm. their intentions. That's the only way to heal uh, to heal someone. So I understood a lot about my spine through the dialogue, something that I would not be able to do within my individual practice or by lifting the weights yeah. as everyone yeah. is promoting. That's like a total, it's not total crap, but it's, it's very limited. The most yeah. what I learned about the health of my spine is with the other people, that they do not want to dance with me all the time, that sometimes they dance with me and mm. sometimes they don't and I need to adjust to them. That was the most beautiful lesson I learned in the last ten years of my life.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's that really resonates. Like I'm I'm <laughs> I'm deep into the rough and tumble play and uh and, and really encourage my friends to to wrestle. And I for so many people it's like this. Coming home to something that their bodies immediately recognize as very natural, like it's such an animalistic, normal drive to do. It's such a normal way to engage with another body, I think, and everybody's like no matter how much they they wrestled in their life or if they wrestled as kids or not, it's as if the body recognizes like, "Ah, yeah, this is very normal
1: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. yes. Of course you see the you know, animals that play with each other constantly rolling over each other so yeah it is it is important and, and we are social creatures so i guess exchanging a sweat with the others and smell with the others and feeling them it's it's uh you know i don't know uh, i i just wish for everyone to do that more often you know like uh, mm. i i to be with my kids and embrace them if i could only embrace them more and longer right if i could only embrace and dance with mm-hmm. my parents longer and more if i could only meet my friends and hug them and stay with them in touch longer you know that would be fantastic my again i, I this is a story of of my father of course i spent some time with him we we been once in a in a village and he've seen one older woman sitting on the bench and he came to her he didn't know her he came to her sat next to her he touched her hand and said something to her i don't know what he was talking about i just i was younger then and i just was a little bit away and he touched her hand and he talked to her and then he brushed her on the bag and 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 then he left and when i turned back i saw that old woman she smiled and i said that's that's the power of touch that's the power you meet someone and you more than sharing the words it's like you know like you squeeze them a little bit and you stay a little bit in close proximity and you are with them this this is very this is very important and and of course I would encourage all the um, coaches and all the or the teachers of like this combative martial arts to to open up to uh, to to this general public and maybe take uh, the competitive aspect a little more away and, uh, and 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 create the taste for people to come and 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 enjoy that touch and enjoy that light wrestling because that can be very informative in many many different ways
0: yeah yeah definitely it's a it's i after this this rough and tumble play experience i went to a b to bjj classes because i was like okay i want to learn more about this but i and I enjoy it a lot, and I learn a lot. But it's not the same because there is this competitive thing, and then, and yeah, it's it's not so much about the about the individual exploration of how do I relate to you, but it's like applying techniques and and um, yeah, and the the playfulness in it is, in it is I think so important.
1: Yeah, it's important. Uh, I I have also good experience. Uh, So, well, I I like freestyle wrestling because you need to stay a lot on your feet. You are not only on the ground, like in, let's say, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So my preference is, of course, working naked, not naked, but without any gi and and then move around and, and control, learn how to control, not how to submit. And that capacity to control to move with the other body, its it's really really mm-hmm. uh, beautiful. But I met people, of course, also in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, where were very kind to not submit yeah. me to every thirty seconds, but <laughs> to <laughs> roll endlessly until something emerges you know that emergence is very very important so that people grow into the practice that they kind of start to intuitively understand what does it mean to be with someone and hugging and controlling them and sensing when Mm -hmm. they're where they want to go I, I apply this process basically anywhere in acting classes or in uh, classes for basketball or whatever, where I'm engaged in these creative processes. When we work with building up the coaches program or when we try to help kids to become better, I was part of developing an uh, um, athletic youth program for ice hockey uh, players and and we realize that when we allow kids to explore or even younger adults, then there's this emergence aspect that things spontaneously they appear and, and they get this right sensation on how to engage even in a more competitive game, right? So even when they need to win, they still stay playful. That playfulness is necessary in order to win in competition.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> I like that they, <laughs> That you said you met kind Kind wrestlers that didn't force you to submit every thirty seconds.
1: Yeah, maybe <laughs> for, every fifteen seconds. I don't know. Maybe yeah. well, it could do even more often. And as I'm getting <laughs> older, it's getting worse, right?
0: Sure. <laughs> yes. It just very quickly for the listeners, um, forcing someone to submit in martial arts would mean that they tap out or they give up because you threaten their health, basically, (laughs) through a choke or through, yeah, through an arm bar or something like that. Ah, very nice. So I recently did a little survey among my Instagram followers, and I asked them about their relationship with their physical bodies. And most of them said that, what they feel they need the most is to move more. And then I asked them, so why don't you move more? Well, I, I mean, you know, they, they probably, they have good reasons. Otherwise they would just move more. And most of them said they don't have time to move more. And some of them said that they don't know how to move or where it's not fun. They don't, they don't find a way to move. Mm-hmm. What would you say to these kind of problems? And I think they're super common.
1: Yes. Well, maybe at the beginning, well, if I was growing as a child, uh, being very active because that that was the environment and environment offered it, I had no option to stay in home. So as soon as I would be gone from the school, I would only appear in home to go to sleep otherwise I would be outside so it, it became it became necessity for me to be active having an active lifestyle for me exercises or exercising felt stupid and inappropriate for my in comparison to my evolutionary history I understood that we've been active creatures and that's the exercise cannot possibly uh, uh, kind of substitute that active lifestyle so I slowly created a world where I Move most of the time, or my my life is very very active. Even when I spend maybe four or five hours reading the research papers, or reading the books, or working on my own writing or some theories, I I spend a lot of time sitting. But I. Uh, it's intertwined with a lot of movement, or I'm looking for an opportunities to move. So I have created an environment within which I can move, and, and I would be able to do it mm-hmm. probably even if I would be having an office job, or even if I would be working for a company. I have seen some guys um, uh, taking care of the of the Olympic Stadium where I go to train, where my son is training, and I've seen them there kind of sit in their cars and there. So I would probably be already having some kind of activity around that car, protecting that Olympic stadium. So I would be looking for the opportunities, even on the chair or next to the... So it's a, it's an attitude that uh, that is important. But I understand that some environments have less opportunities for expressing ourselves or having less opportunities to be active. Or maybe some, do not, some people do not have as much of prior experience on how to move because people ask you how to move, how to be active. They are only exposed to exercises. And of course, mm-hmm. ex- eventually you will give up because they are just so boring and they do not, <laughs> do not lead to anything. There is nothing inspiring about them. Yeah. Uh, uh, then we, we need to say that they need that kind of initial help, how to, how to be able to create something for them that is useful to them. And that's exact, that was exactly the purpose of what we call now FM practice, is to assist those people that never been exposed or have a difficulties to find a, readjust their lifestyle in such a way that, that they would be able to be more active or even being able to create their own practice, the practice that would support that particular environment that they are in. So they need at the beginning some kind of kickstart. So we inspire them and mm-hmm. we... And we share with them the principles of how this can, be, uh, this can be arranged. But I think everything starts by one simple fact that I, I realize that I have a desire to be more active in a life. And if the desire is there, we will slowly find a way to kind of incorporate it more into our lives. So if the desire is there, we will look for people, we will look for connections we will look for networks within which that desire can manifest itself and eventually become part of our everyday
0: life. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Mm, I think this is very encouraging for many people, probably. to also hear like when, when exercises are boring, not interesting, when you really can't be bothered to get up and do them. It, you're not wrong about this. They, they are boring. <laughs> and yeah, there are way more interesting ways to move than yes. doing actually well, you can
1: lift weights, but it has it has a limit, you know. It has also intellectual yeah. limit. Okay. How, how many yeah. years you're going to only lift weights? Of course, if you lift other people that they, they do not want to be lifted, you're not only becoming strong, but you are also becoming intelligent and you also, you know, like you are engaging in a dialogue. Or maybe yeah. if if you want to work out, then go and help someone uh, clean their apartment, or you know so there are so many people that need help. So help them. What are you doing yeah. in the gyms there? You know, like we are wasting time. Okay, you know, like becoming stronger and more beautiful, but for what reason, right? So uh, just go and help many people. They need to carry things, so carry it for them. Help okay. them. This would be a better Mm -hmm. workout. You will be carrying objects that are irregular. You will be carrying them because they are too big and the staircase is too small. And um, Mm -hmm. yeah, you will be at least least useful and people will remember you that you are kind, right? Uh, uh, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I, I, look, everyone has to do what they have to do. And, uh, and, uh, and if someone wants to leave the beds, it's also okay. You know, Anyone, I just, I sure. don't want to create an agenda. I, I, I believe everyone finds uh, it, their own solutions within their own context. But, I, but of course, I, I have created a world for me where I spend most of the time with other people and, and that's very nourishing and I feel fulfilled. Mm. And when you yeah. feel fulfilled in your life, you don't care even about longevity or health because you know too well, that there is no method, there is no nutrition, there is no activity that would prevent you from not getting injured or sick or maybe even terminally sick. Right? You you might get cancer for for no reason at all. Right? So to say, right? Yeah. It's not always your mistake. It's just something went yeah. wrong in a in a copying of the genetic material or whatever. Or mm-hmm. so so we should not be when you have fulfilled life. You don't worry that you because we need to define healthiness in a different way the healthiness is not absence of illness its healthiness is that you are part of the network that supports you when there is a trouble right yeah. and so okay if i am gone tomorrow i need to say to people i i've been very happy with whatever imbalances and failures and and crazy conflicts that I had in my life with whatever my kids or my vibe or whatever my parents and but I feel fulfilled and that gives me another type of attitude to my, towards my life so I don't care about uh, rushing to live 100 years if it happens okay and I also do not do crazy stuff not to shorten my life span I'm, I'm interested in moving lightly and creatively and harmoniously within my body because it costs me less so I can do more Right, that's why I'm interested in that kind of thing, but not because I want to live long. Then maybe I should stop to do anything and just worry about living long. We are all (laughs) we all trying to preserve ourselves. Most of the podcast is like do this and you will be younger, do this and you will you know like your heart, you will decrease the chances of your cardiovascular disease. I'm so happy with other people. Of course, my heart is singing. I don't have to lift weights to make my heart stronger. I'm running because I want to deliver a message. There was one very beautiful friend I have, Bode from Congo, and his father always asked him to deliver a some kind of letter to his friends. And that way, he made him, because he was, and then when he grew up, he asked his father, why did you do this to me? And he says, well, I wanted that you see different cultures, different villages, different musics, and you move. And so delivering the message, is a kind of different thing than going for a cross country run. When I went with my father to mountains, we went for hunt. And it's not necessarily, we went for hunting to kill animals. He wanted me to know about the nature. He wanted me to talk about the winds. I hated all that stuff, right? It's so boring. You know, he walks slow, he shows you this plant, he shows you that tree, look at this. And I was like, oh my gosh, let's get to the, You know, but that was the, the whole purpose is that we went somewhere and then we observed the animals. And he says to mm-hmm. me, you know, is this animal healthy or sick? And I say, how can I know? I didn't do biopsy on that. But he says, you can see the way he moves, the way it sounds, mm-hmm. the way, what is, what kind of territory he, uh, that animal occupies. And so there you have the cross-country running, because you walk mm-hmm. and you climb and you go underneath and you observe, and that's completely another way of um, kind of approaching what healthy means or what means exercise. Is I cannot exercise; it's so boring, right? Yeah. If I miss something, yeah. if if, I'm, if I if I if if I'm losing the range of motion because of my activity, I change the activity. I improve the way I'm doing that activity. I do not compensate. I do not go home and I, I run like shit. Then I stretch. I do range conditioning, you know, like range of motion kind of special exercises. And then I mold myself by running like idiot. And then I come back and I maintain myself and I keep on doing the same mistakes until eventually I get inflammation everywhere and I go eventually for the surgery.
0: Mm-hmm. ah mm. uh, so many nice <laughs> so many nice things you share <laughs> you know when you shared about the about the boring hunting trips I, it's so yeah to emerge yourself into nature with a task and then figure out the things you need to know to do that in a way. Yeah. and that, and this is when everything becomes so meaningful right i I just went, was on the countryside this weekend, and we were doing exercises in the in the grass yes. and there were there were fruit trees, so there were fruit on the ground, and there were a lot of wasps, but there were also hornets, yeah and because we were working in the grass, we had to pay attention to them, and this is how I learned that hornets eat fruit I didn't know that before, and that they hollow the apples and just leave the skin and the core and eat the rest of it. And it was so beautiful to watch. Yeah. And, you know, just because I wanted to move in this grass, I learned all of these other things. Yeah, and that's this experiential language. language. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yes. this is this very beautiful experiential language because you learn about the ecosystem, you, you, you learn about relations, which is, which is so important yeah. because we are so sad because we are so isolated. We, yeah. we, 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 compor, com, we create compartments. We, we, we do not sense that kind of interrelations. And then we, as more separated we are, more we feel sad. Right? Sad from the fact that we do not have the, those relations that can be nourishing and, and fulfilling. Uh, anyway, yes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and we can say that nature is not only... Being in the mountains and villages, but nature is also being in a Berlin where you are, and and that mm. still offers a very interesting landscape to study and observe, right? So we can learn there quite a lot as well. It's not because we are in city. Of course, city is a particular environment, but it still creates a lot of opportunities that we that we can explore there. so much interested more and more in in uh, in simplifying I, I went to see my I went to see my uh, tutor in communication you know I, I, I finished my doctorate on voice and communication when I was young and my tutor was uh, Ludmila Machacho, a very beautiful human being um, she was my teacher and uh, and she you know when I went to school I, I used to say this story always in a mentorship and she, I, when I went to acting school at first, uh, after I finished, I, I decided, you know, that I'm not going to continue with sports. I wanted to do art. I felt like I want to I want to have more freedom. I don't want to follow someone else's rules. Someone decides what should be the rules of basketball. I need to obey them. And so I, I felt art will be really, really great uh, kind of um, uh, completion or, or they would complete each other. So I started, uh, I, I said I will go for, to art school and I first started to uh, study as an actor and as I came to a university I wanted to learn everything. I wanted to know, I wanted to be a stuntman, I wanted to be a lover and a hater and, and a villain and, and, and all that I could possibly learn. And, and she was there and she was this teacher of voice and she said to me, Joseph you only really need to learn one thing and this is how you sound as yourself. Where do you sound the best as you? And if you understand Mm -hmm. that, and of course this is an endless process, but if you're always returning to that, how do you sound as you? You'll be probably capable of doing all those other variations of you, right? You will be able to absorb the texts of other people or other characters. You will understand yourself through the others more easily. You will understand also better the others because you're more open. And I visited her recently, a few months ago, and I... I, you know, I have a lot of notes on many different things. And it's like, it, it's maybe a six, seven hundred pages of a total madness because I'm i am not a good writer. I'm a, more a poet or more a practitioner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she looked at me and she said, Joseph, only 15 pages and stop. And she was kind of clear about it. She said, can you put it in 15 pages and express it clearly? And I'm thinking about, you know, like the modern physics, you know, when you can, when you can express elegantly some really complex phenomena in a one equation, right? Or, or several equations that you can maybe put in one sheet of paper. And, mm-hmm. I, and I'm also interested in that kind of compression. I'm also interested in that simplicity. That simplicity is something that inspires me. I see these beautiful people that are rather simple. And I'm also meeting these many scientists that are complicated and shattered into pieces. And, and it's not that one or another, but I'm just simply interested in these beautiful human creatures that can be simple and yet be useful to so many other people without knowing maybe too much or not knowing that they know that much. And when I'm thinking of my life and I'm thinking of my children and I'm thinking of my parents and all my friends, I, I wish I could just be or slowly being able to become more and more simple and empty myself. In a, not that kind of Zen Buddhist way or Taoist way, but really becoming more, more simplified, more, more transparent, more, more open, and more uh, in, in this kind of less knowing, less holding-like uh, posture, and more, more vulnerable, and more, more plastic, more neurally plastic, and more, m- more open in my in my joints, so I could engage in more dialogue with other people. That's that's something that inspires me right now more and more. Mm. Uh, that kind of simplicity of acting and being and talking to others, being capable of listening to the others and being in service to them if, if they would need my my presence or my uh, experience. Not to be overcomplicated or, uh, or steer or, uh, uh, too much... Uh, um, life of other people but when they when they come to me how I can how I could help myself and them to become more more balanced more in more in peace with whatever they're working with so that's that's something that is currently interesting me a lot Mm. Uh, and so that that is that was this hesitation at the beginning of our dialogue like how to find a simple words to very complex and profound questions that you have and I, I caught myself I, I became a little bit self-conscious about okay I can go very quickly into biology and all these theories that are behind it but this is not what what the listeners maybe need to hear maybe we just need to share with each other inspiring stories so we can take the journey mm-hmm. ourselves
0: yeah yeah thank you I think this is the this is really the. Like a a lifelong exploration, right? To find simple words for the complex. Or, yeah. Mm. Cool. So where might people find out more about you, your work? What would be good options to get in touch, to work with you?
1: I I think it's easy to be. (laughs) (laughs) social media monster uh uh, we kind of hold above the above the surface we keep on posting as some ideas or the fragments from our workshops, so they can see us on on instagram i guess and and facebook and Mm -hmm. we have our website and if someone feel that we would be in any way inspiring to them then they probably gonna find some workshops on some way to to meet us and See how we are looking at the world and how we are articulating our our practice, our creative mm-hmm. practice.
0: Yeah, I, I saw that there are a couple of workshops coming up still this year.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And next year we go um, more in Asia and, and North America. So, and hopefully we come back to um, Berlin somewhere in May. So I, oh, I may see cool. you Good there. Time.
0: Yes, yes. I already thought that I might have to go to Copenhagen again or to Warsaw.
1: Yeah, these are good places. Yeah,
0: come to Berlin. (laughs) I
1: I I will definitely I love it there. I love Berlin very much. I I spent there some time right after the breaking up of the wall and it was a very Mm -hmm. it was very special place. Since then the Berlin has changed a lot, but I have still those memories Mm
0: -hmm. with me. Cool. Okay, Josef, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your knowledge and perspective.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much for the invitation.
0: Thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. It inspired me to check out Freestyle Wrestling, and it's been a blast. Can't stress enough how much fun this is and how rewarding. And if you have the opportunity to check out Freestyle Wrestling, where you are, go ahead, do it. It's really one of my favorite workouts and embodiment practices in one thing. And of course, please, if you enjoy the podcast, share it with your friends, subscribe, like, and let me know if you have any ideas, any questions, get in touch and see you back in two weeks.